everyone, and welcome to Flashes of DEI, a podcast where we explore topics and ideas related to diversity, equity, and inclusion. My name is Brie Molitor. I am the project director here in DEI, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. And I'm Katie Matice. I'm a director here in DEI, and I use they, them, their pronouns. Black United Students, or BUS, has been an important part of Kent State University for over 50 years, officially becoming a student organization in 1968. Since then, BUS has gone on to do a lot of community building and advocacy work to push KSE forward. Today, we have two amazing guests who are going to help us explore that history and talk a little bit about the organization's present and future. Would you both mind introducing yourselves and going a little bit into your involvement with BUS? Alrighty, I'll go first. Uh, my name is Deanna Backus. I'm a sophomore, a computer science major, from Dayton, Ohio, hey. and my position in BUS is I'm the Director of Academic Affairs, and also I go by she, her pronouns. My name is Moatabu Okanta. I am an Associate Professor and the Interim Chair here in the Department of Africana Studies. I'm a graduate of KSU with my undergraduate degree, and I was active in BUS in the 1970s. I was Vice President of BUS Oh, nice. uh, in the 1972-1973 academic year. So my history with BUS goes back a long time. Yeah, <laughs> that's really exciting. Uh, and I'm super excited, and Bree and I are super excited to talk to both of you. Mm-hmm. Right now seems especially busy for people, uh, so we appreciate you taking the time to be able to talk with us a little bit about BUS. If you're ready, we've got questions lined up and uh, ready to go for you. You can't see it, but they're shaking their heads yes. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're ready. <laughs> ready. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. So for our listeners who have maybe never heard of Black United Students or BUS before, could you give a little bit of a brief overview? I, I think... I will start with Black United Students was originally organized in the winter of 1967 in response to a visit to campus by two members of a Black self-defense unit during the civil rights movement. They were called the Deacons for Defense. They were actually brought to campus by SDS, the Students for Democratic Society. Mm -hmm. The following year, 1968, they engaged the university in protest over the university allowing the presence of the Oakland police force on campus. Mm-hmm. They came to campus to recruit. And Black United students went to the administration to ask them to have them removed. The uh, administration refused. Mm-hmm. And so Black United students staged a walk off campus. Close to 300 Black students left campus The university had to negotiate with them to get them back, uh, and they demanded a Black studies program to deal with curriculum issues. They demanded uh, a Black cultural center to deal with social and cultural issues. They demanded more Black faculty and staff on campus. And so in 1969, the university agreed. Dr. Edward Crosby was brought to campus. And he founded what is now the Department of Africana Studies. It began as a program called the Institute for African American Affairs. It grew from there. That's awesome. Student activism created a department and many more things that we'll talk more about. Deanna, anything you would add to that? I feel like 
if you're looking at it from a younger perspective of somebody who's like a student who does not know the history of bus, it's just a place where it's super black centric and mm-hmm. a place where it's a safe space for most students who are black and need that safe space in these PWIs. So it's always been a familiar home and a place to many students. And it's literally meant for students made by students. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I like to say to students, those are very exciting times. They're very scary mm-hmm. times. It was a black student, black studies movement. So in 1967 at San Francisco State University, I think is really the first black studies program. I arrived on campus in 1970. And so what I like to say to students, and it's literal for me, Mm -hmm. the present generation, their present was our dream, our Mm -hmm. vision. 100%. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, And part of my job now is to try to help students understand that kind of connection. Mm-hmm. And, and it's also to say to those of us who are on campus now, to understand that what we do now is really about those young people who will be coming here after we're gone. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. An important reminder that like the things we do now impact the future, right? The people who come after us. Yeah, our next question was about the context and creation of Black United Students, but I think that really covered a lot of it. Um, So I'm just going to go ahead and jump on right to the next question, um, which is, what have been some of the big milestones for BUS throughout the years? Are there any events or initiatives that either of you would like to highlight? When I arrived on campus, the Cultural Center was a frame house. It was called the Ward House. It sat on the hill where the business administration building is now. Mm -hmm. We were a small operation, but there were dedicated students. Mm -hmm. Because you got to keep in mind, we were created against the will of the university. Right. Mm -hmm. So there was really not a lot of support. And and so when I was vice president of BUS, after the Ward House was torn down, we called it the Kuumba House. Mm -hmm. Okay. And when... The new student center, because what's now Oscar Ritchie Hall, when I arrived on campus, was it was a student center. When the new student center and library opened, Black United students, our offices were moved to Rockwell, which is now the, the fashion museum, mm-hmm. fashion school. Uh, and we had space in there. We came on to the first floor of what the old student union, we refused to leave. And it was President Glenn Olds at the time. He gave in and gave us the first floor of what's now Oscar Ritchie Hall. That's 1972. Mm-hmm. And so over the next couple of decades, I think by 1997, we took over the whole building. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's been a long history to control this space. Mm-hmm. Um, what was interesting for me in 2018, the 50th anniversary of BUS, mm-hmm. BUS was sighted on the floor of the State House mm-hmm. in Columbus. Wow. It, it was a surreal moment for me. Yeah. Uh, because when, when, I was a member of BUS. They would not have allowed us to get within a mile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we would have disrupted it. 
But, you know, what that also said to me was a recognition that throughout our history, we've not tried to destroy Kent State. Have we disrupted it from time to time? Yes. For the better, I would say. But it's all been in an effort to make Kent State a better place. And, yeah. and then I'll say this, and, and you know, uh, Deanna can add her perspective. Um, when President Warren was here, she acknowledged that uh, what was then the Department of Pan-African Studies, that this program actually opened the door for all the area studies programs on campus. Um, and, and I think that's an important acknowledgement mm -hmm. because yes, Black United students, we call Richie Hall the house that bus built, but it was never ultimately just about Black students, mm -hmm. okay? And, uh, and I think that has also been borne out in our history on this campus. Yeah. Wow. 100% agreed. Um, <laughs> again, I feel like a lot of people would have wished we were complacent, but mm -hmm. with, with not being complacent, there were so many things able to happen. Like, for example, having a multicultural center, mm -hmm. being able to have a social culture programming fund, and having outreaches to community service places like King Kennedy Center, and even having a liaison within USG. Mm -hmm. It's just these milestones that we were made to be able to keep building onto is such an amazing thing that like our past, they built this up so we could keep keep going and never become complacent within bus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember um, shortly after I started working at Kent State, uh, I started like looking into the histories and the different centers and all this kind of stuff and different student orgs and realized like bus pretty much helped create Black History Month, right? Like bus along with uh, other faculty and staff um, on Kent's campus. And I was like, why isn't that on billboards everywhere? There's like such a, I don't know, a beautiful history of bus. Uh, and so I'm grateful that y'all are speaking to it and, and talking about how it's not gonna stop, right? That there's more. That has been getting more national attention. Um, last year or two years ago, um, we acknowledged that it was Black United students that extended what was then National Negro History Week mm -hmm. into a month-long celebration. Mm -hmm. And maybe two or three weeks ago, I got an email from NPR. They're doing a story on that. Oh, hey. Uh, nice. And <laughs> they had seen some pictures. There's a picture of some of the brothers from Black United students standing out in front of the old administration building, which is now Cartwright Hall. And they were out there and they were all with their black power salute. I mean, that's the way campus was when I arrived on campus yeah. as a young 18 year old. And mm -hmm. so it was very, very exciting. But that idea, that history is making its way to being recognized nationally. Um, Last year, I was invited to do an interview with a young man putting together a documentary on Black History Month, and he found that out. Mm -hmm. So more and more of this information is getting out. Yeah, which is good and mm -hmm. should, be, should be known and should be recognized. Well, if the university promotes it, 
it 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 gets out. Yeah, right? and that's part of the struggle. Um, yeah, and and I will say, you know, and I and I've discussed this with President Dykin. You know, for most of my career here, because I've been on faculty, this is my thirty-first year. Congrats! And most of my relationship to university has been adversarial. Mm. Okay. And, and now that I'm in the position that I'm in, you know, one of the things that I speak to upper administration about is what we have on campus is one of the jewels of this campus. Mm -hmm. There is no black cultural center on a college campus like this one anywhere else in the country. We house an art gallery, we house a theater, we mm -hmm. have our own lecture hall, we have a multi-purpose room, office space for faculty, classroom space for academics, office space for our student groups. Mm -hmm. So Kent State can, can show other universities how to deal with this. Mm -hmm. I go and talk to a lot of the freshman class just to tell them about BUS. And I told them about Black History Month and it's so sad when you see these students who like took their first year experience classes already. And I had to tell them, I'm like, hey, you do know Black History Month was made here. And it's just, it's kind of annoying sometimes to see how your history is not as important in the eyes of someone else, even mm -hmm. though it's so enriching and it's motivating to other people outside of even that culture alone. So it's, I think it's something really to be proud about and something amazing that I'm happy that I finally get to see Kent State on social media sites being like Black History Month made here. Mm -hmm. And it's just amazing. And I just wish we can keep working with the university and keep getting those relationships of publicizing us in a better light and just letting us talk what we need to talk. Yeah, absolutely. And not just touting or being proud only during Black History Month, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. You know, in fairness to this generation of students, I mean, times are very, very different. Mm -hmm. When I was a first-year student, the, the civil rights movement is evolving into the Black liberation movement, the Black arts movement. I mean, and this was going on all over the country, you know, your parents didn't have to tell you. Your teachers didn't have to tell you. You could see that things were going on. That's not necessarily the case for this generation of students, although the occurrence of what has become the Black Lives Matter movement is taking place in their lifetime. Mm -hmm. and, and that energy is here on campus uh, to some degree, this this mess of a pandemic mm -hmm. has kind of shut a lot of that kind of activity down. Yeah, 100%. Um, I've had conversations with uh, Larry Simpson, who was the president of BUS when they walked off campus. And Larry said something to me that it took me aback when he first said it. But his point was... It was easier for our generation to create this because we were in a situation where there was nothing here for us. And mm -hmm. so we wanted to create something. Mm -hmm. He said that it's his opinion that BUS now has 
a harder job or task, the landscape has changed. And so as activists, we have to find new ways to, to reach out. You talked a, a little bit about the evolution of, of movements, right? Specifically the civil rights movement and how what a student activist has kind of evolved to um, is different from what it was, you know, in the 60s and 70s, right? So I'm wondering if y'all could talk to or about a little bit more the evolution of BUS from its kind of inception to now and how it's had to evolve and how it, if we're combining two questions in one, how it could potentially continue to evolve. It's evolved because time changes. Nothing stays the same. Mm -hmm. The 70s are over. They're not coming back. And, and, and what I say to this generation of students, it's, it's like they have to learn from that history. But I don't want them to think they have to recreate it. Mm. You can't allow the big picture to overwhelm you when there is a small picture right in front of you mm. that you can influence. When, when I walk the halls of Oscar Ritchie Hall, it is just confirmation to me what a group of dedicated and serious young people can do mm -hmm. if they have a vision and if they are willing to work together. Mm. And I don't think that's changed. Yeah. And on my side of that, uh, one thing I've always appreciated being part of Bus about is that how it's 100% student first, mm -hmm. always and will be student first. And with that, you have students in these positions making sure that students are first. And we all have our own personal missions that we literally go over in our Bus eboard meetings. We have our own personal missions within our positions and what we want to bring to the table. So you have these new generation of people each and every single time of year mm -hmm. who are willing to give people within their same age group the feelings they had, the pain, happiness, cries, joy, all the same feelings and emotions that we have that we want to give to our other students. Mm -hmm. And it's just an amazing thing to see because it evolves every single year and every single day. And even our events are made for the students. It's not made for us. We don't, we don't have a personal agenda. Our personal agenda is making sure our Black students are comfortable on this campus, mm -hmm. no matter what place and no matter where. And it's just an amazing thing to see because you have our trailblazers who made this happen for us. And then you have us who are making sure it stays and keeps going and that we leave a legacy for the people that come after us too. And I think one of the greatest things that you said, what will the future of BUS be like? It will be legacies giving other legacies opportunities to move mm. forward. And I think that's amazing about BUS and being part of the history of BUS. I love that in both of your answers about evolution, there was, yeah, there's been evolution, but like, let's look at what's remained the same, right? The core commitments, the advocacy, the caring about black students on campus, right? So there may be new people or new avenues but that core is still the same. And I'm glad to hear that the plans uh, to keep that at the core are, are there for the future. And, and let me also add, students are the core focus of our program, but we've also been involved in community engagement throughout our history. Mm -hmm. And so the King Kennedy Center, for example, there in Ravenna, 
It was paid for because Black United students was able to get a box on the registration form that you could check to donate money to have that center built. Wow. Wow. Okay. And, you know, our students, the last two summers, another example, were celebrating Juneteenth on their own. And they were rousted by the police. Okay, because police get nervous when you see young black kids coming together in a park and it's getting ready to be dark. And so DEI through Dr. Gooden, other people on campus, we, we've come together to, to do a Juneteenth festival. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that we can work with our students, but at the same time, mediate between our students and the city Mm -hmm. students and the police so that the police understand what Juneteenth is about mm -hmm. and 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 to the degree that the university lends its name to the celebration it 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 can help legitimize yeah. what our students were already doing right. on their own mm -hmm. and that's important yeah well, and especially when you're talking about students first, you know, it's good that campus feels safe, but you need to be able to go off campus and know that you can hang out at the park and you can go downtown without having that extra fear or concern or hassle. Yes. So it's very important stuff. Yeah. So I will lead us into our next question, which I know we've kind of already touched base on. Where do you see bus in the future and how do you think it will continue to develop? Like I said before, I see bus and it's so like, and it just makes me happy just to say this. I see bus as a place that will recognize its black students in and outside of campus mm -hmm. from graduation, from their careers, their futures, and just supporting them no matter what from alumni reaching out to the undergrads, to the graduate students reaching out to us. And it's such a beautiful thing because I can see us working with multiple places, working with multiple people, things and type situations like that. And just being cemented in history as students first with the idea that we will always leave a legacy behind us every mm -hmm. single year for the next students to come on. And we will, we won't leave you feeling empty. Mm -hmm. I want it to be known for, feeling the passion and knowledge that you gain from it, from the experience, the time, to what made you to be a person today. And I can even admit to that, what made me to be a person today in my one year of doing it has shaped me into the person I know I wanted to be since I was young. Mm. And I see that still happening on years and years that go by. So that's, that's how I see bus would be like in the future. For me, being, I'll call myself a graduate of BUS, <laughs> a graduate of this program, uh, and to be in the position that I'm in now. You know, back in the 70s, Black United students on this campus was probably the strongest Black student group in the state and one of the strongest in the country. And so, at our events and activities, Black students from all over the state would come. And one of the things that I've encouraged BUS to do, and I know they're working on it, 
they can recapture that space mm -hmm. by holding statewide and national black student conferences. And I tell them, you watch students come in here from other universities and just watch them react to this space. And that will give you a deeper appreciation of what we have here on this campus. And when you see people come or when they, the alumni come and they see alumni walk through these halls in tears because they cannot believe what Oscar Ritchie Hall looks like. That's how they gain, I think, a deeper appreciation of what they've inherited. Yeah. And so for me, and, and I'm picking up on something uh, Deanna said, you know, when I was in bus, I was one of the youngest people. I was always around. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't run for office. I became vice president of bus because the person who was elected to the office resigned. I was always around. And, and so it's, it's very deep for me that now I'm the elder on my <laughs> faculty here. Um, and so now a lot of my students are like my grandchildren. Mm. It's also about working with young people to bring generations closer together. Yeah. That's what Kwanzaa is about. That's what Juneteenth is about, where we'll see the older people, the young people, the people in between, everybody comes together to the degree that bus I know reaches out to the LGBTQ center. I know they reach out to the women's center, reach, reach out to the SMC. So in the future, you know, and, and for me, the future is not some place waiting for us. The future is what we create now in the present. Yeah, they can pull off hosting these conferences again. That will go a long way for creating a much better future. Yeah, collective power, right? Connecting with other groups, other students from different campuses, other places around Kent State. Yeah, working together. I dig it. I'm down. <laughs> and before we totally wrap things up, um, are there any other things y'all would like to share about BUS including any like social media or places people can go to find out more. Say less on the social media side. <laughs> All right. So again, we have an IG page. That's where most of the time we post what's going on and what plans we have on doing. We hold our mass meetings. We just inform people and let them know what we're doing. It's called Black United Students. And with going on that IG, let's say you need help. One of the things Black United Student does really well, we provide so many assistance and provide mm -hmm. mediators for you. So like, for example, I'm academic affairs. Let's say you and your professor are having a dispute and you really just don't know what to do. Guess what? You have this person who mm -hmm. can help you communicate what you need, who's read the policies and knows how to communicate with a professor on that level. Yeah. And there's so many other sides of that. So that is another way to reach out for help. And so you know who to contact. So again, Black United Students is our IG page and we'll be holding applications soon in mid-March for positions because guess what? You got to keep the ball rolling and <laughs> with every new year you need it new people. So it would be really great. Those are going to be on our IG. We'll be holding meetings about those. And that's all I have to say on my end. Cool. From, from the department's point of view, um, and this information is about to come out, we are planning our annual 
Pan-African Festival. Nice. Which will be April 27th, 28th, and 29th. This year's Pan-African Festival is going to be dedicated and will be a celebration of uh, Dr. Crosby and his wife, Shirley Crosby. Nice. Who, who were, are the mother and father of this program. Mm-hmm. And so we'll be working with BUS. We'll be working with uh, the KSU Black Alumni Chapter um, in, in pulling this event off. So late April. Look forward to that. Yes. April 27th, 28th, 29th. Yeah. And if you're a student listening, interested in BUS or already part of BUS, submit your application to be on the e-board. <laughs> it's an exciting time. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff coming up. Yeah. I know. So much stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you both for being here and yeah, for talking you. to us. We appreciate your time. We appreciate you sharing your knowledge. Um, and thank you to everyone for tuning in and listening. If you're interested in learning more about DEI, feel free to check out our website at kent.edu diversity. And if you've got a topic uh, you'd like us to discuss, feel free to email us at diversity at kent.edu or connect with us on social media at DEI Kent State across platforms. And we'll see you next month with a new episode. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Bye.